This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 39, Hacking Your Side Hustle for Growth and Passive Income. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 39, Hacking Your Side Hustle for Growth and Passive Income. My guest is Mike Newton from hackingphotography.com. Now, I met Mike randomly at Affiliate Summit, and I'm glad I did because he's got an awesome side hustle story to share with some really good takeaways for anyone in a service business. And since my wife's side hustle of choice is photography, I had to take a special interest in this one. Uh, Before we get into it, one quick five-star review. This comes in from Brad from Recruiterpreneur. Dot com. It's a, a little bit of a mouthful. He says, five stars, inspirational. Nick delivers show after show of motivation and inspiration. For those of us who are side hustlers or want to be one soon, every guest offers great next steps advice that you can implement to move your side hustle forward. Now, Brad's got an interesting side hustle of his own in um, in recruiting. So stay tuned. Maybe he'll be on a, uh, on a future episode. Cool story there. Anyways, uh, that's, uh, that's all the news and updates I've got. Let's get Mike uh, on the line. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. All right, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm here with Mike Newton from MikeNewton.com. He's a former side hustling photographer who turned his hobby into a full-time business. He's done work for some of the world's biggest brands, and you've probably seen his pictures syndicated around the world through the Associated Press. Now, these days, Mike also runs the site HackingPhotography.com, a blog where he shares his best photo tips. So, Mike, take us back in time. You... you obviously have a passion for for taking pictures for photography now at what point did it start to be okay to start charging money for this stuff sure so i had always had a, a camera with me even when i was a kid a little kind of point and shoot film camera and made the the jump to digital with this tiny little credit card sized piece of junk honestly <laughs> and uh it was about six years ago i got a regular uh, digital slr and just kind of went hog wild with it and took 6,000 photos in the first three months and made a million mistakes. But I, I didn't really start charging until maybe two years into it. Um, I just had fun kind of learning what the heck I was doing and learning lighting. And eventually um, a couple friends just asked for headshots for social media and LinkedIn and they offered to pay. And uh, I sure wasn't <laughs> going to turn that down. You're like, okay, I'll, I will happily do that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not something I really actively went after as a business it, it just you know you put out enough content enough work and people saw it and liked it and wanted to wanted to hire me on were you like you know blogging about pictures at that time or were you just kind of posting your your learnings and stuff on facebook or something yeah honestly it was just putting it on facebook i, I didn't have a website i really wasn't promoting it other than just putting up photos that i would take in galleries that's really about it and people started reaching out to me both just Kind of for headshots, and then it eventually turned into more uh, businesses that wanted to do commercial work. Okay, so how did these? Because now you've done a lot of work with corporate clients. Like, how do these businesses find you if there's not not necessarily a um, you know a web presence or something like that? How do they how do they come across your name? So interestingly enough, I went from doing a lot of um, headshots and, and items like that. And one of the clients that I took on or that asked me to do this was a local kind of promoter. She had an event planning company 
And she and her business serviced a whole bunch of local businesses here in San Diego where I'm located. So just going in and, for instance, shooting an event at a restaurant, they would go and see the gallery afterwards and say, hey, we're actually needing someone to go and shoot our menus or we need someone to come and shoot our products or or whatever the case may be. So a lot of it was just kind of organic from being in front of these people with uh, clients who ran promotional events that I would do photography for. Okay, we'll dial it back. How did you get involved with these promotional events? Honestly, it was just a, a drinking buddy. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> That's just, awesome. Uh, just a friend that we used to share office space with in my day job. So I had worked at a, a tech company as a, a founding employee at a software as a service company that me and my buddies started. And uh, she off, actually rented office space from us. And okay. so I always kind of had my camera with me and she said, oh, can you come and shoot this event and that's really how it started that that one person um was responsible for a ton of my business in the early years just by referring me to clients that hey we need a photographer for for this event hey we need uh, a photographer for this and that and the other okay and Uh, just kind of snowballs from there you know working the network i like it yeah i mean honestly the the a big one that kind of opened my eyes the first let's call it the real uh corporate gig was for a shoeware company called sanook it's a, actually a pretty cool company that does a lot of shoes for like rock climbers and surfers, S-A-N-U-K. Yes, it's tie for happiness, right? Yeah, see, you know what it's about. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, super, they're a, super comfortable. I like them. Yeah, that, that was actually a friend. She was their lead um, women's shoe wear designer. And it just so happened they were looking for someone to photograph their uh, fall catalog. And uh, honestly, it was just a, a who you know type of thing just from knowing so many people. They had me up to their office in Irvine, and I was in good company because the last three photographers that shot were just industry legends. I, I honestly felt I was a little out of place, but I know my work was good, and they brought me on. I made more you know, than I had in the previous month at my day job with that one shoot, and that, that really opened up my eyes to what the possibilities were if you work for the right company. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty awesome uh, story. So how – that's a good question. Like how do you figure out um, – how much to charge? So I think we talked about this a little bit at um, sure. at Affiliate Summit. My wife has gotten into wedding photography as a side hustle and, and doing some other shoots on the side too. And before my attitude was – like before kind of seeing the business from the inside, my attitude was like, oh my god, that's crazy hourly rate you know, for, for taking pictures, right? Um, not realizing that it's – taking, you know, four to five times that amount of time, like on the editing side afterwards. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, you don't, that's all kind of behind the scenes. You don't see that. Um, so I'm curious, how do you, how did you settle on, um, on pricing for, for these first few clients and, and how has that evolved over time? So the evolution was just honestly pulling a number out and seeing if a client would go for it. (laughs) Um, like four years ago, it was 50 bucks for a set of headshots. And I'm like, man, this is, I made 50 bucks. This is great. And uh, now I kind of I laugh at that. But honestly, I, I learned more and more, uh, especially about differentiation. It's, it's really about the quality of your work and honestly just selling yourself. I'd reached out to a couple other photographers that I look up to and kind of ask for their opinion. You know, what should I charge? What, what does a full-time photographer charge? And some of the best advice I ever got was just uh, just choose what you're worth and then fight for it. And, and I really took, honestly, I really took that to heart. It, it sounds like a silly recommendation, but you know, I had previously gotten in the habit of trying to win on price. And as we all know, in a business, that's, that's never the right way to compete. 
Yeah. Um, so coming from a background of business development for 10 years, I was no stranger to being able to pitch and, and sell a product. And um, Honestly, it was just, I think I can get away with this, and I know that my time's worth that, and I would throw it out. And more often than not, they would go for that, and I would raise the price until I found out there was a ceiling that people weren't willing to go over, and then I'd find my, my sweet spot. Yeah, and I think going after um, corporate clients or business clients is – is a million times smarter because you, you know, my wife, she's pitching, um, you know, like family photos to people yeah. and it's like, you know, 300 bucks or 200 bucks or something. And like, ah, I don't know. But then it's like, okay, you know, here, here we can shoot a, a footwear catalog for some company that's pretty well known. And, you know, like you said, make more than you did your day job. Like that's just, um, it's a whole different ball game. I'll send you. I'll actually send you a link. I thought was really valuable. Uh, you know, if there's any photographers out there, it's a really popular website. I, I read all the time for photographers. It's called fstoppers.com. Okay. And this post came in at just the right time. Kind of my big aha moment. Like you said, I realized that there's really two avenues with making money with photography, side hustle or not. And it was that there is consumer photography and then there's commercial photography. Um, consumer photography, it's it's you can't charge as much because they don't make profit with your with your product. Exactly. There's no, you know, they, there's no ROI for them. So it doesn't make sense necessarily to invest more other than like, Hey, you know, priceless memories and all that stuff. Exactly. Whereas a, a company not only is going to use those images to sell, but really the big aha moment. And this is to my, uh, I guess my naivete is I didn't realize that commercial shoots actually pay licensing fees. So not only do they pay your time as a photographer to come in and create that image typically on a day rate, uh, but after that, they'll also pay for the usage of that image. And that's based on what their ad spend would be. So uh, imagine licensing a, a song you know, for a commercial. Uh, if it's a, like a worldwide commercial on TV, you're going to get a much bigger licensing fee than if it's a local San Diego car dealership just using it locally. Oh, okay. So you're making money uh, during the shoot, basically, your, your, yep. your daily fee. And then some sort of residual income comes from the company – like it's licensing the rights to those images over and over again. That, that's exactly it. So commercial photography gets interesting, and uh, I'll send you this link if you want to share it with the community. But For sure. The, the post that opened my eyes was called "The Anatomy of a One Hundred Thousand uh, Dollar Shoot." Okay, that sounds awesome. Holy, holy hell! Okay, I got I got to read this, and essentially that broke down how this um, consumer electronics company hired this photographer to create eight images uh, for a campaign, and the cost of creating that photo shoot. Cost them a hundred grand, and a fair amount of that. In fact, the vast majority of that came from their licensing. So okay. it came from not only just the cost to produce the shoot and hire the talent to create it, but it's interesting because it created a, a residual on photography, which is typically not something that consumer photography is ever going to do. You know, the wedding isn't going to pay you every year. They want to go back and look at their wedding photo album, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of these companies they'll have a specific ad campaign in mind. We're going to go and shoot this product, and it's going to be used in this newspaper ad buy, this television commercial, and so on. And there's very set um, prices for all that, which is really exciting because typically they buy it for a year or two. And then once that time's up, they can either pay you again to relicense it or hire you to update and shoot the brand new photos as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Since the since the equipment is so expensive, and the oh, yeah. um, you know the people, um, well, yeah, it's it's becoming a really popular hobby and so i think if people can find a way even to just cover you know cover the cost of the 
of the camera or the lens or the you know all the equipment and stuff i think that would be victory for a lot of people and then from there you kind of take it to the next level so i'm my next question is kind of like how do you go about uh, differentiating yourself, and this is the is becoming a little bit of a challenge because everybody and everybody and their mother's got a DSLR these days, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> and some people are you know take better pictures than others, but you know what's what's the differentiating factor? I think the big thing for me that that made the biggest difference in winning jobs was I really took a lot of time to master off camera lighting like studio lights, using three, four lights at a time in a lot of cases because it really makes the, the, the quality of the photography stand out. Um, everybody and their mom can just take an SLR and regular daylight and point it and, and get a decent image. But really when you're carving out a product photo or a company photo and you're using multiple lights outside in the daylight, it just gives it this really unique uh, commercial quality, I guess is the only way to describe it. There's an extra shine and a sheen to your image so really, that's probably been the biggest differentiator is all my competitors, the vast majority, um, really just haven't taken the time to invest in uh, education to learn photography lighting. That's probably the biggest one. Gotcha. So that's kind of what helps win business. And I would say even with wedding photography, that's a selling point. Um, the joke in the, in the photography space, of course, is that gear doesn't matter. But I would say that if you know how and when to use it um, – it absolutely does. Okay. And, and if consumers, let's say that someone's a consumer photographer, that could actually be a selling point. You know, everybody seems to say the best thing, the worst thing you could say to a photographer ever is, that's an amazing photo. Your, your, your camera must take great photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Just like you tell a chef, you know, your kitchen must be fantastic. And that knife was great because that dish was incredible. Right. The, the artist had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, if that's the consumer misperception, I think people should run with it. Yes, I use state-of-the-art gear, and here's what I do. And you know, if, yeah. if your other photographers aren't using this, then you should really take note of that. Well, I think that parallels to to a number of different businesses, any kind of service businesses. Like, you know, it's not necessarily the the tools that we use, but you know, we can use these smarter than the next guy to really deliver the best result. Right, right, and and kind of along the lines of um, how to make this thing keep paying, like we talked about. That was the big. The big realization is that commercial photography does take something that's typically a, a service business. You go out, you do your shoot, you get paid for your time, and that's it. Well, that doesn't really scale. You know, it's great because it's a side hustle, and you can make really good money as a photographer on the side while you have a day job. Uh, and, and honestly, there's zero cost of goods other than like the initial investment in your gear. Right. But but being able to license your images, and then even on top of that, being able to put up your images on. Um, stock photo sites, if you really know what you're doing, can create some residual commissions as well. Okay. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Any, any tip, like, I guess if people want to start out and doesn't have to necessarily be about photography, but getting, getting your foot in the door with, um, with a B2B kind of, uh, client base. Mm -hmm. What I did initially because I didn't have those big corporate, you know, clients under my belt is just kind of a, a no risk guarantee. There's a big riff in the photography community and honestly in a lot of communities, especially design that you should never do free work. And to some extent that's true, but honestly, I think as far as user acquisition and client acquisition, that there's nothing wrong with, let me do the first one for free just to show you what I can do for you. Okay. That creates that initial proof that makes them comfortable hiring you until you have that client base. And that's worked beautifully for me. Yeah, I like I like that because there is you're right. There's this debate, especially on designers, like 99 designs, right? Like the commoditization of design, like, oh, I will never do spec work and stuff. It's like, OK, you know, but these guys are the ones out there getting getting the business. So I mean, maybe, exactly. there, maybe there's a, a little bit to that, like you got to have to. You know, build up a portfolio, and that's the same thing that my wife and a friend did. You know, hey, we're going to do these weddings in year one, crazy below market, like crazy, crazy cheap, um, just to build up the portfolio because it's going to be tough to justify a higher price when you've got literally no <laughs> no portfolio for people to look at. Exactly. That was actually an interesting talk at the the traffic and conversion uh, conference. They use the example of um, it's one of the guys speaking. His name's Perry Belcher. And he used the example of his lawnmower. And this was a beautiful, beautiful way to phrase it. He had had an initial lawnmower that came out for 35 bucks every week to do his lawn. And a new guy came up and asked his wife if he could do their lawn for five bucks. And he, of course, <laughs> please, you know, go ahead. He just said, I, I want to show you how well we can do. So he did it for five bucks. He came back a week later and said, you know, here's, here's a, a coupon. I'll, I'll do it this time for 10 bucks. And after that, it was 20 and then it was 25 and after that, the $25 thing, he um, actually left the wife a set of three flowers and said, you know, I, I had these from one of my jobs on our landscaping business because we do pools and we do backyard work and this, that, and the other. It really made me think of you, and I, I just wanted to <laughs> drop them off. But okay. it, it was this heart-tugging thing, but it also uh, kind of put him out there that we also do pools. So within the next four months, this guy, Perry Belcher, ended up hiring this kid 
uh, to do $23,000 worth of landscaping in his backyard. So, so you mentioned this uh, a minute ago that photography, even for the best photographers in the world, is still very much um, trading, trading hours for dollars. But I think you've come up with a unique way to, to get beyond that and productize it a little bit with your hacking photography um, ebook guide. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about creating that and kind of the, you know, the idea behind it and the launch. Right. So I always get these questions from everyone. I'm sure your <laughs> wife does as well. Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you take this photo? I have this just nonstop endless questions, which I enjoy. It's a lot of fun answering those. But I thought maybe it's a little bit more efficient if I just wrote a damn book about it, <laughs> answered all of these questions that everyone always asks. Kind of the, the fundamental building blocks of photography and doing it in such a way that, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't take a ton of time for people to learn. Okay. All the mistakes that I made over the, you know, the first couple of years, what kind of book would I have? Uh, did I wish that I would have read when I first started? Okay. So this was when I was still working full time. Uh, so honestly, I, I started that January 1st of 2013 and would just write nights and weekends. Uh, I'd never written a book, didn't really have previous experience there, but I just kind of wrote it like I'd be sitting down with a beer with a friend, you know, just a, a plain English guide, just like I would talk to someone. Um, it took me, I think, 10 months to write that. Not that it took that much time, but, you know, around a full-time job and then photo shoots and then a month or two gap where I just wasn't writing anything. Okay. Um, it just took a little bit of time on the, the nights and weekends to write it. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, with any, and that's the beauty of the of a book or any kind of, you know, digital product is it takes some, you, there's a cost up front to produce it in in terms of time and, and sometimes in dollars but then that's an asset that can continue working for you you know for months and years down the road oh exactly just create it one time and then it's like you said it can consistently pay out which is exactly what i wanted to do with it okay so the book is is written it's edited it's formatted um then what happens so once it was all designed formatted and whatnot i put it up on a platform called ejunkie.com um very similar to ClickBank. It's five bucks a month. It's really cheap. And they basically facilitate, um, when someone purchases that, they facilitate the delivery of the product automatically so I don't have to touch it. They have really excellent reporting. Um, more importantly, they have tracking technology, meaning I can give uh, links to affiliates, other groups that have an, an audience of photographers, which I find there's quite a few out there. They can make this book available to their audience, and when it's purchased, it tracks that sale and automatically kicks them back uh, a percentage of that sale. So the beauty of that, that model, which I'm sure that you've seen in your business, uh, it takes that product and now takes it completely out of my hands. There's nothing more exciting than waking up in the morning and seeing 50 sales overnight while I've been sleeping because someone sent an email blast or promoted it on their blog. All of those people purchased, their credit card was charged, the book was sent out, the commission was already cut to the affiliate. And I wake up with money in PayPal, which is exciting. Wow. So eJunkie is the service that automates uh, the, the sale and delivery for you. Right. And reporting and, and everything else. And it's so and cheap. It's, it's almost and it's laughable. five bucks? Like it's, and not per, yeah. not per sale, just per month? Yeah. I don't know how those guys do it. Um, <laughs> and the, the site hasn't changed in probably 10 years, but you know they probably just have a million users paying five bucks a month. And it's a, a nice business. But yeah, I yeah, guess so. It's, it's just PayPal fees or credit card fees uh, for charging a card, and that's it. All the rest is yours. Now, did you put this, the um, 
like the the home base or the sale page up on a site of yours or kind of how where where were people like finding the book to buy so the sales page i've tested two things um the initial sale page was just that just that it was just a sales page for the book so i was sending kind of cold traffic to it uh, that just went through an introduction on you know here's what this is and here's why you should do it and if you're a beginner photographer you need this yada 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 um, I also put it on my blog as well, but honestly, all of the traffic thus far has come from uh, affiliates. So it's been other photographers, for instance, on you know Facebook that um, I just let them know I was launching a book. I didn't really have too organized of a product launch because I'd never done this before. So knowing what I do now, I would have completely changed it. Okay, it so you very- launched this thing without a huge following on the hackingphotography.com site. Right. With in fact, with zero following, okay. um, I haven't really done a whole lot on that site. That that changes actually this upcoming week. Whole site's being redone. Tons of content <laughs> ready, ready to rock, as as we've talked about. Okay. Um, no. 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 This is this is really really good. Zero audience. Zero emails. Um, you know, some Facebook bans, but honestly, the vast majority. It was a very sloppy launch. I'll I'll admit that now completely. Um, okay. So what's what's the uh, what's the price of the book? So the book is forty seven bucks. It's. Um, I think it's 110 pages when you count. There's four extra additional uh, ebooks on various topics that come with it. So I wanted to throw that in as like a bonus. I wrote a couple extra little bonus books. Um, so it's it's that long. It's a lot of content, tons of images, and uh, it was just written kind of as a plain English guide to take someone who's never picked up a camera and make sure that after they follow this thing, they can they can take some pretty rocking photos in just 10 days. Okay. And with, so what, what percentage do you give away to the affiliates for, for selling it for you? So affiliates, I pay out half. So half the money goes to them, half the money goes to me, uh, okay. minus PayPal fees. Okay. So it's, it's pretty helpful. I find there's a ton of photography blogs out there that, for whatever reason, just don't create their own products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times they monetize by just kind of selling other affiliate products. So it's been pretty simple and pretty easy to uh, find these audiences that, you know, these blogs that have big photography audiences of newbies and I can just put my product in front of them and it, it works beneficially for both, both parties. Um, it sounds, it sounds like a good way, um, a good way to go for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that in any industry that, you know, anyone listening to this, if they're you know, in a side hustle right now, that's kind of trading time for dollars, like I was with photography for the most part. And this is an interesting, very simple way to kind of productize that. I guess to use your term, they can make that into an evergreen thing that just keeps paying out. And honestly, for the right clients, they can give away their book. That makes you the authority. So I've sent this book actually to uh, a good amount of prospects that I'm pitching for my photography business because oh, this makes okay. me this makes me the expert. Right, right. And hey, half, I wrote the book on the subject. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. Half the time when I'm on a shoot, the client goes, "Yeah, I have an SLR camera. I wish I knew how to use it." So sending that in advance really kind of puts you in the the position of authority compared to your competition. So are you seeing a pretty steady influx of sales, or is it kind of spike as as different um, different affiliates uh, promote it? So far, it's been a it's been pretty steady. Honestly, it's been about two grand a month since I launched it at the very end of November. And to my discredit, that's without a whole lot of promotion. Um, Halfway through December, me and my wife left to go to St. Louis to visit family. We were there for six weeks. And I had all these grand ambitions of sitting down at the you know, dining room table and getting all this work done. And I, I didn't really do much aside from eat a bunch of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> now, is, is the affiliate um, 
structure like built into eJunkie or did you have to use a third-party system for that? Nope, it's all built into eJunkie. So um, I actually have a page that I direct all my affiliates to that kind of walks them through, here's how to sign up, here's how to grab your affiliate link, just you know, post this in a blog post, an email blast, here's some uh, affiliate banners and things like that that they'll need actually to, uh, to promote the product. Okay, so you reach out to other photography sites that have a bigger audience than your own and you say, hey, um, you know, here's, here's an advanced copy of my, of my book. I think your audience will like it. Um, by the way, you can earn 50% of the sales price if anybody buys it through your link. Yep, that's exactly it. And most of these people are pretty familiar. If I go to their sites, a lot of them already have affiliate products over on the side rail okay. in their ad units. So what I find is that when they write a review, it typically converts the highest. But something that's been interesting is I've found a couple of niche photography daily deal sites that operate similar to Groupon. Okay. And their whole model is simply just the same way. They promote um, Photoshop actions and photography eBooks and kind of mostly digital products to photographers. And they've built pretty big lists over the years that are interested in buying these things at a discount. So it's, that's been a really good fit. Uh, the two that I've run so far have had email lists of 40,000 and 80,000 photographers. Wow. Um, which is fantastic. And they pay out anywhere from 50% to 67% going to me uh, from their email blasts for people to purchase. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's And they do all the fulfillment. <laughs> that's a, yeah. a way to reach a massive audience. That's really cool. Yeah, it's just a big blast. You know, they cut you a check and, and there's zero effort really on, on my part, which is wonderful. So did you, did you always have the intention to, I'm going to write this book, I'm going to sell it on my own channel and never consider putting it on, um, on Amazon or on iBooks or anything like that? I really thought about that and I actually had some previous experience with building some iPhone apps. Okay. I've outsourced, outsourced the whole thing, but that the challenge that I had with iPhone apps, and personally I didn't do that well with them, was that I couldn't keep any of the information when someone purchased. Someone went to iTunes, I don't know. It's, they just enter the, the ether. I don't have their email address. I have no way to market to them in the future. I take a 30% cut you know, that goes to, uh, to Apple. And I saw the same kind of thing with Amazon. There's no way in hell I could charge 47 bucks for my course. But right, right. You know, they've kind of put the cap on the market at, um, at $9.99. Right. And, and so there's – and they're taking 30%. And so there's an opportunity to really get some higher price points and keep more margin uh, selling it on your, on your own. And, and really the long-term value is this is just the first of many future products. And now I have an email list of people who have purchased my book, have opted in to receive you know, relevant photography updates, but I wouldn't have gotten that with Amazon. And really, even giving the book away for free to get that email for, to build a long-term relationship with these photographers is much more valuable, and I wouldn't have had any of that with Amazon. Yeah, yeah you, get, um, you get nothing. I've got a couple books up there, and it's like, oh, you mean you can click and see how many people bought it, but you haven't no information on them. Right, right. There was an interesting, uh, there was a, a talk I watched on a site called Mixergy, where it talked about a, a guy who was actually kind of gaming Amazon, which was genius. And I'll actually, I want to try this. He would put out, <laughs> he would put out kind of a free um, or a very inexpensive book on Amazon. Okay. Um, because they get such massive traffic, right, in his, in his industry. And basically he would just use that to you know, how all those people purchase the book. And then he would, of course, it had to be great content, but he would load the book with a ton of extras they had to go back to his site to get. 
here's a tracker, here's a report, here's a video, here's a, all these things that would help with the content of the book. Gotcha, so gotcha. Would, to really get the whole experience out of the book, they would need to go back and, and opt in to get all these tools. Yeah. And it was a huge, huge value, but he's been driving uh, some pretty substantial uh, emails and kind of using Amazon as a lead funnel. Yeah, that makes sense to use it because you're not going to make um, you're not going to make a ton of money. Even the best sellers at two ninety nine or nine ninety nine, they're not going to be lifestyle changes. You really need to have a portfolio of different books, but you can right. reach a much bigger audience than than I can through my blog or or than you can have on you know one website. So I think that that may be the advantage. I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's really the reason I didn't kind of seriously look at Amazon. It is I just I didn't like the idea of not owning that transaction or that customer. Right. Well, very cool. Mike, thanks so much for, for sharing all this stuff. I think really interesting stuff for photography and then some parallels to um, you know, any number of different businesses. But we will wrap up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. The biggest thing I can tell anyone building a side hustle is charge what you're worth and never compete on price. Honestly, you'd, you'd be surprised. And if you're like me, you get nervous when a client quotes you because you're wondering what your competition is going to you know, charge. And very rarely, at least with the right customer, is price the determining factor. That's, that's really what I learned in photography and what I see in a lot of other businesses. Is the price is secondary to the quality of the benefit they're going to get from working with you and your experience. So no matter what they do, they should absolutely charge what they're worth. And it's, it's much better to lose a deal on price than to win for working you know, less than you're worth. Very good. Very good. Thank you again so much. Everybody, check check them out at MikeNewton.com or if you're interested in photography, HackingPhotography.com. Awesome stuff. Hey, everybody. That's it for this episode of the Side Hustle Show. Stop on by the uh, site to check out all the show notes, links, and resources at SideHustleNation.com slash episode 39. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. And be sure to get signed up for the email list and never miss an episode. Until next time, go out there and make something happen. And I'll see you next week in episode 40, the big 4-0. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.SideHustleNation.com. 